Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres in a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. So my name is Cam Edwards. Uh, normally, Miss E is along for the ride. Tonight, however, Missy is taking a much-deserved evening off. It was a very, very early morning for her, up before 5 a.m. Uh, on the road to Charlottesville, Virginia, and the University of Virginia Cancer Center, where it was kind of a scary morning, honestly. So the good news is, since we last spoke, we had a great meeting with the uh, folks at UVA Cancer Center. Um, there's a, a test that had not been done on Miss E. Uh, it's called a blood biopsy. So basically, they've looked at her tumor and they've took out a little bit of her tumor and they've tested it for uh, these genetic markers, these genetic mutations. And there are uh, about, I think, 16 uh, that they test for. And unfortunately, uh, Miss E didn't have any of them. If if one had come back positive, then there would have been, uh, you know, basically a pill uh, that Miss E could take to uh, to treat the tumors in her lungs, but they didn't they they didn't come back that way. So this uh, additional test is called a blood biopsy, and basically they look for the remnants of these cancer cells and the genetic mutations of these cancer cells in the blood. So they don't dissect the tumor; uh, they just draw blood and they test that way. There are about eighty different genetic mutations that they can test for with this blood biopsy. And her doctors were very upfront with us, uh, told us that, you know, the odds aren't great that they're going to find something, but they're not nil either. So we're awaiting the results of the blood biopsy. But in the meantime, there's also a clinical trial that Missy may be eligible for uh, that we're trying to get her into right away so we can start the treatment. Um, but in order to be eligible, uh, Missy e has to be, uh, her, her cancer cannot have moved. So we don't think that it's moved, um, but we haven't actually checked. So today, bright and early, uh, Missy e had a brain MRI, and then she had a uh, abdominal and a pelvic scan to see if there are any tumors in any of those parts of her body. Um, I wish that I had the results to tell you, but I don't. So uh, Miss E and I, once again, are kind of on pins and needles. And I don't, I don't, I honestly, I don't, I don't think Miss E's feeling too social tonight to, to, to be quite frank. And I, I, I don't, I don't blame her. I get it. So she is attempting to watch uh, last week's game of Thrones on my phone. We've, we've talked about this, travail and trial before but uh, our satellite tv provider and hbo are, are in a fight at the moment and so we can't get hbo off of our satellite so we're trying in the middle of nowhere to stream game of thrones so that missy e doesn't fall too far behind uh, i was away uh, at the nra annual meeting in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, and I did not arrive home until Sunday night about uh, 11.30 or so. So she couldn't watch Sunday night. Monday night, gave her my phone. She tried to watch, and it, the app just kept crapping out. We She couldn't watch. Uh, Tuesday night, she tried again. Eh, same thing. Uh, last night, she was just so frustrated. She said, I'm just going to wait till the whole series is over, and I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray. Tonight, I asked her, do you want to give it one more try? She said, yeah, I kind of do. I said, okay. So she's got my phone and she is attempting to watch Game of Thrones. She hasn't come out here yet. 
So that tells me that perhaps she's actually able to to watch this episode. I hope that she is. I, I'm not a Game of Thrones watcher, but she watches uh, you know every episode when it comes out. She's been there since the beginning. This is the final season. I, I would like for her to be able to actually watch you know, and not have to wait until the whole series wraps up. So that is why Missy is not here. She has an excused absence. She was very busy, though, while I was gone. I got to tell you, she uh, texted me on Saturday and let me know that the cucumbers that she had planted had started to sprout, which is awesome. So uh, they're going and the tomatoes are going great guns. We're actually going to have to move the tomatoes out of the greenhouse and into the garden beds. Um, not this weekend because it's supposed to rain all weekend, but uh, probably early next week, the tomatoes will go in the ground. And I'm really excited about that. The peppers, on the other hand, they're not, okay, so they're not dead. I mean, that's the good news, but they just aren't really doing anything in the greenhouse. Now, I would have figured that it would have been the other way around that the tomatoes would have been doing poorly, maybe getting scorched because the greenhouse gets really hot if we're not careful. And I figured the peppers would be going great guns. Uh, instead we got some anemic looking pepper sprouts. I mean, like they're not even to the second set of leaves yet. And these tomatoes are, like I said, they're just, uh, they're, they're enormous at the moment. So I, for those of you who have gotten bottles of hot sauce in the past, um, Congratulations, because I honestly don't know <laughs> what we're going to be doing this year. I don't know if we're going to get any uh, peppers. We're going to, I honestly, I have no idea. I'm really, really disappointed in how our peppers are faring. I know we talked about this last time around, and Missy, you know, said that a lot of our seeds are several years old. And that's true, but they weren't all old. We actually got some new, brand new pepper seeds this year. Um, I was so curious to try that Fishtown pepper from Baltimore and or from Philly, and uh, I don't even think any of those have sprouted. So I, I, I don't know what we did wrong with our peppers this year, but yeah, really, truly disappointing. Um, the carrots that I planted on the side of the house, uh, or side of my office, uh, they're struggling as well. Uh, although I did see that they've now kind of moved on from that. They're the, when carrots first sprout, you basically just get one tiny leaf on each side of the sprout, right? So just two tiny leaves. And then the next phase is it gets this sort of like parsley top to it. Um, and we're, we're now starting to see some of those parsley tops. Still very small, but they are growing. The beets that I planted are doing great, except that today I noticed that some beet tops that were there yesterday weren't there today. And the rabbits are getting into my beets already. So we have this these three raised beds that we're using for the carrots and the beets. We've got them sort of cordoned off with ElectroNet uh, chicken netting. But it's not plugged into anything. We don't have a charger over there. So it's it's really just, you know, this soft netting. And it's apparently not small enough to keep out rabbits. So uh, one of the projects that we probably will do in the rain this weekend is to wrap those three garden, raised garden beds in chicken wire. Uh, like I said, I was gone last weekend, so I did nothing to the garden. So I still need to go out and... Rototill, where I, we're hoping to put the peppers, 
if they ever get big enough. And then we need to, uh, we've got, let's see, five raised garden beds that we've got to prep. So we've got peat moss, and then we've got manure to add into the soil that's already there, give it a good mix, and then we'll put the, uh, the tomatoes in, and then we'll have to wrap each and every one of those beds in more chicken wire to keep out the chickens and to keep out the barn cats because the barn cats have started to use some of these raised beds as their litter box. And that comes to a screeching halt uh, just as soon as there are actual plants in those beds. No more. They're going to have to find another place to, uh, to do their business. As far as the baby goats go, I think we're only left with one pregnant doe. Uh... And I honestly don't know that she's pregnant. So we'll see. We may be done. Uh, while I was gone, we had two more give birth. One gave birth to quads. Uh, unfortunately, only two of them uh, were born alive. And then one gave birth to, I think it was, I think it was uh, twins, two. A uh, little, uh, one, yeah, one doling and one buckling. And then... Toffee, she was the one that had the uh, the mastitis, and one of her babies was born with a genetic defect and died. The other one died, too, while I was gone. Uh, Missy was very upset to say she went out in the morning, and it was the morning that uh, Franny had given birth to, to quads, and two of them were laying on the grass, and then she noticed that uh, Toffee's little one was laying there as well. So we're still not sure what happened to, to her. She had been doing fine. But right now, we have eight little baby goats. Seven of them are little girls. We had one little boy born. That's it. That's that's it. So Chico, the stud buck, uh, knows how to... Apparently, he's doing something right. Uh, knows how to, to, to throw those, uh, those dolings. So... We have, I believe right now, of the uh, seven girls that we're going to sell eventually, once they're all bottle-fed and ready to go, um, I think we've got at least five of them, six of them, now that I think about it, six of the seven, I think are already spoken for. So we have one left, and then the little buckling uh, is going to stay with Chico. We're going to get him weathered, which is another word for neutered. And and then he'll be Chico's companion because right now Chico has to be by himself because he's been kind of a jerk to the moms as well as to the babies. So Chico is off in his own little enclosure. I go out there several times a day. We hang out. I play with him because goats are social. They really are. You know, when we uh, end up selling these babies, we don't sell them just one at a time. We we do tend to sell them in pairs. So now that I'm thinking odd goat out we might have to do something here but uh um they 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 don't like to be by themselves and i don't like for them to be by themselves so i make sure that chico does get plenty of company throughout the day and then just as soon as that little buckling is weaned which is seven weeks from now might try to start bottle feeding him so we can move him in earlier but uh but chico will then get a roommate and they'll be able to hang out together uh it'll be nice in the meantime if you would like to see videos and pictures of adorable baby bouncing goats uh, miss e's instagram is at corny goat farm uh, i'm posting adorable uh goat videos as well on twitter at cam edwards 
I'm trying. I'm trying to get back into Instagram. In fact, while I was at the NRA annual meeting uh, in Indianapolis, I had several people uh, tell me, I think Greg actually uh, specifically got me to post on Instagram while I was there at the NRA annual meeting, but I had several people tell me, get back on Instagram. Several people tell me, get back on Facebook. Ah, I know. I know that I should. I know that I should, but, you know, honestly, I'm... I'm fine <laughs> without it. I do like lurking. I like seeing people's pictures, but I I don't miss Facebook. It's been a year or more since I've been on Facebook, and maybe I should miss it. I'm sure it would help me, you know, professionally uh, to have a a presence on that platform. But I just don't like it. And you know, all of the uh, the 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 privacy abuses and all of the. Uh, weird stuff that they're doing, I just, you know, it does not make me eager uh, to return to Facebook. So I make no promises uh, about returning to those platforms, but uh, Instagram more likely than a uh, return to Facebook. But you can find me on Instagram if I'm posting there at Cam Edwards as well. As for the NRA annual meeting, it was um, it was great to see so many people again and to meet so many people for the first time. I, I told Miss E, it's funny at annual meetings, people like to come up and give me hats because I wear hats all the time. Um, I usually come home with like four or five books because uh, somebody will uh, say, hey, I think you should read this. And by the way, I do. I read everything that, that somebody gives me to read. Um, but it, it's it's nice, you know, and it, it just it I don't know it, it's it's really nice that people are thinking of me and people say hey you know I thought that you would like this, so this year I didn't come home with a lot of stuff, but I came home with just this overflowing heart because I can't tell you how many hundreds of people stopped me over the weekend. I, I, I'm, I'm still blown away by this. How many hundreds of people stopped me to say, hey, how's your wife doing? Hey, I, I, what, what, what's going on with Miss E? How's she feeling? Hey, I just want you to know that we're praying for her. It was a, it was, I don't want to say a constant stream of well-wishers, but it was pretty darn close to a constant stream. And it was truly humbling and at the same time it was so incredibly gratifying to know that there are so many good people uh, all around the country people that I have never met because I know that the people that 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 spoke to me and and uh, you know sought me out at the uh, annual meetings in Indianapolis I know that they're not everyone that is praying for Missy and it was it really was. It just it was um, awesome in the truest sense of the word to to realize just how many people out there are keeping her in their hearts uh, and in their prayers. And it's a really really good feeling. I got to tell you, um, those prayers matter, and your thoughts matter. I know that we live in a day and age where some people dismiss thoughts and prayers. I will never, I will never dismiss thoughts and prayers because they absolutely lift me up. 
And I know that they lift Missy up as well. You know, uh, in fact, I'll tell you a quick story. I'm not going to name any names, but this afternoon, I'm just a little distracted by everything that's going on, uh, awaiting those test results and, and um, knowing we're not likely to get them today, but but still just wondering, okay, is everything going to come out okay? There's no reason to think that, that, they, that they won't. She feels fine. She's not felt any weird pains in her abdomen or her pelvic region or, 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 you know, strange unexplained headaches that nothing, nothing like that. So we have every reason to believe that she's going to be fine and she'll be eligible for this, uh, clinical trial, but still weighs on you. So I was a little distracted today to the point that I actually forgot my, my glasses when I uh, headed off to the studio to do cam and company and I was blind as a bat, uh, for the show. And, and so I'm just, I'm thinking about this and thinking about this and I check my email uh, about 45 minutes or so before the uh, the show started, there was an email from a gentleman that I had met uh, in Indianapolis over this past weekend who works for uh, one of the farms manufacturers. And I don't know what prompted him to send this to me. We have had, you know, a couple of brief exchanges over the years, had a very nice conversation in Indy over the weekend. But he sent me this email with a story uh, about somebody who ha- has sort of, you know, miraculously gone into remission uh, from cancer. You know, her, her cancer's gone. And he said, I believe in miracles and I don't see any reason why uh, Missy can't have her own. And I just wanted to share this with you. And it was exactly what I needed at that moment in time it really was and and i could tell you stories for almost every day of the week where at at just some point where i'm feeling kind of low or i need to recharge my battery so i can be strong for her i'll get an email i'll get a, a message on twitter but but somebody will reach out and they'll offer those words of encouragement. They will say, we're pulling for you. We were thinking about you. Just even asking how you're doing. Um, and it, it again, it means the world. It really does. So thank you. Also, I have to say too, like <laughs> I've been blown away and Ms. E has been blown away by the uh, kindness of our friends this week. Uh, we've had a couple of care packages, uh, and, and that's been really, really, really nice as well. It's, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely helped, you know, Missy's still scared. We still don't really know what's going to happen, but, um, our attitude and some days it's easier to live this than others. And, and, and it's not even days, maybe sometimes it's some hours, it's easier to live this than others. But our attitude is to live life while we have it and to make our lives as full and as rich as we can. That doesn't mean, you know, we're going to sell off all of our belongings and travel the world or anything like that. But just to to, to recognize the the simple wonders and, and, and joys that we have in our lives. Um, this weekend, while I was gone, Missy was on the lawnmower and mowing the yard. 
and she felt good that she could be out in the sunshine. She felt good that she could help, you know, make the the farm look pretty. Uh, because last summer she just felt like she didn't have the strength or energy to do anything outside, and she felt like it had kind of all fallen on my shoulders. And so it 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 made her feel good to to be feeling good enough to get out there and to work. Right? She loves to work, and and it was. It was great to hear that pride in her voice when uh, she talked about everything that she had done that Saturday and all the work that she had done in the yard. And then she went down to the greenhouse and she was doing this and that. And she had that 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 old pep uh, in her voice. And it was really, really good to hear. So um, it's been a good weekend for her, I think, as well. So this weekend, this coming weekend, May 4th and 5th, probably going to be over perhaps by the time you hear this but it's the it's the big festival for Farmville Virginia it's called the Heart of Virginia Festival they do it the first weekend in May each and every year i, I and, and like so we've been here for 6 years now this will be our 7th i believe Heart of Virginia Festival uh and i think it's rained 4 out of the seven times, <laughs> and it's 80% chance of rain on Saturday, uh, which is the one day that the festival is held this year. So I, 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 they just have the worst luck with this. They'll still get probably 15,000 people. Uh, they shut off Main Street in Farmville. They have all kinds of, you know, uh, it's your it's your small town festival. They got all kinds of vendors, uh, food and arts and crafts, and they've got live music. And it's it's a fun time. It really is a fun time. It, it's if I'm going to make one kind of complaint about it, it's that it's kind of generic. You know, it's the heart of Virginia festival. So Farmville is the heart of Virginia. But there's the town's Farmville. How is this not Farm Fest? How is it right? I mean, it's like I think there could be more to this festival. So here's my question of the week for you. 40acrefool at gmail.com is the email address. You can uh, uh, shoot me an email. You can chime in on uh, uh, Instagram or uh, uh, Twitter as well. Well, maybe we'll try to post this to our Facebook page as well, uh, uh, at Corny Goat Farm on Facebook. What's your favorite small town festival? Or, or, or big town festival, I guess. But what's your favorite festival? Uh, and I've got a couple. It's hard to narrow them all down. Uh, growing up in Oklahoma, the big festival was the Festival of the Arts. Growing up in Oklahoma City, I should say, the big festival was the Festival of the Arts. And they would shut down three or four blocks of downtown Oklahoma City. Uh, and it was you know really, really great vendors from all around the country. I mean, some incredible artisans. Uh, and they had like four stages of live music. Um, I... <laughs> Fun little story. Uh, back when I was in a band, our, our big break was getting to play the Festival of the Arts, and we broke up like the week before, so we never got to play. Uh, but it was it was it was always a lot of fun, and that's the one that I remember going to year in and year out. There was one <laughs> one Saturday when Miss E and I had first gotten married. This was probably probably three or four well i don't even know if it was three or four months after we got married it may have only been a couple of months after we got married uh 
there was one Saturday. She's probably going to correct me. She's going to say it was the year after we got married. Now that I'm thinking about it, so I'm going to go ahead and, and, and assume that she's right. And it was actually uh, a little bit more than a year after we got married. Anyway, there was one Saturday that we decided we were going to just do a road trip, and we were going to hit up three or four of these small town festivals in Oklahoma because there just happened to be three or four of them that we wanted to go to. So we started out in Watonga, Oklahoma at the Watonga Cheese Festival, which if you've never been and you have the chance, go because it's amazing. Uh, And then we went to the Kalachi Festival, which is exactly what it sounds like. Bunch of Kalachis. Uh, We went to the goober fest in colony oklahoma which is um uh, western uh, oklahoma and and goobers are, are peanuts so this was the peanut festival in colony oklahoma which i think was like population 600 part of this was a chance to go to these small towns that we would never have gone to otherwise even back then i loved small towns uh that i would never have gone to otherwise so we went to the the goober fest which was honestly i don't remember much about it I don't remember much about Colony. It was a lovely little town. I remember that, but I couldn't tell you much about Gooberfest. And then we ended off our day in Cordell, Oklahoma, at the Pumpkin Fest. Uh, and I, the only thing I remember about uh, Cordell, Oklahoma, it had a, a really cool town square that looked like it was like straight out of Back to the Future. Uh, and I, it's been you know 20 years since I've been back to Cordell. I really hope that uh, that, that town square is is revitalized because it looked like it was kind of dying out 20 years ago, but it was one of those places that if it was a little closer to Oklahoma city or even, I guess at that point, Amarillo, uh, Texas, you know, if it could, if it could serve as a bedroom community somewhere, it would, it would be a great, uh, you know, regentrified area. But my fear is that it's just too far out, uh, to, to be anything other than an outpost and, and, I don't know that it, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how it's doing these days. I'd like to think that it's doing well. Cause like I said, it was a really, really cool small town at the, you know, 1950s movie theater had the courthouse. It was just, yeah, it looked like, you know, Marty McFly should come driving down the street in the DeLorean. Now in Virginia, we have a lot of what are called festies, which are like the music festivals. I'm going to talk about those festivals. Uh, maybe we'll get into that. At, at, at some other point, the best festi uh, in Virginia. But the one like festival festival in Virginia that I would really love to go to is in this town called Hillsville. I know we're so imaginative with our town names in Virginia, aren't we? Farmville, Hillsville. Well, Hillsville has the world's largest yard sale, I believe is how they build this. And they get from what I've seen, the literature says they get a hundred to a hundred and fifty thousand people to Hillsville, Virginia, for the world's biggest yard sale. And you've got people that are just lined up for miles with their wares for sale. Uh, that just sounds fascinating to me. And as someone who has, you know, a little bit of a uh, pack rat tendency, I'm a, I'm a collector. I'm not a hoarder. I'm a collector. Uh, I, I would love to just go and just check out like a half mile of that. Plus, I've heard, I've not been able to experience this for myself firsthand, but I have heard that uh, Hillsville, Virginia 
has perhaps the finest chili dog in the state. Now, having said that, I thought it was like the Hillsville drug. Having said that, I, I, I've tried to do some research and I can't find, I can't, I, I know I read somewhere that Hillsville had the best hot dog, but now I'm looking and it, uh, maybe I got it confused with uh, Skeeter's hot dogs in Withville, uh, Virginia, which is really not all that close to Hillsville. I don't know why I would have gotten those two things confused, but uh, I don't know. If I ever get to Hillsville, I want to try to find a chili dog there. There's got to be a good one. In the meantime, I have yet to make it to Skeeter's. I've been to Withville twice and will likely uh, be the round there again in August for the uh, Bass Pro Shops NRA Night Race in Bristol, Virginia and Tennessee. Uh, Withville, Virginia is on uh, Interstate 81. And so it's kind of on the way there and on the way back. So I'm going to I'm gonna have to stop for a, a world-famous Skeeter dog at some point. But anyway, uh, we're not talking hot dogs on this 40 Acres and a Fool. We're talking festivals. So again, what is your favorite festival? What's the one that you try to go to every year or the one that you just made it to once and you'll never forget? And, and what made it so special? Was it the food? Was it the, uh, the, the, the items for a sale or the, uh, the entertainers? What, what is it that brings you back Year after year. Is it the people watching? That's always a really great part of festivals, isn't it? All right, so we do have a couple of emails to get to uh, this week. 40acrefool at gmail.com. That is the email address. Uh, Robin, it has been so long since I have heard from Robin, who says, I got behind as I thought you had stopped doing the podcast, and then when I found that it had finally, no judgment here, started up again, I was way behind. Fortunately, says Robin, I am up to date now. I'm so saddened on the news about the cancer for Missy. I know that you will find some help uh, under your search for additional help. I'm praying for our Lord's covering for you and your illness. Thank you, Robin. I really appreciate it. I'm glad that you're caught up now. Robin says, I shocked myself and I actually planted some peas this year. Usually about the time you think of them, it's too late. Yeah. Uh, Robin says, I've been having hawk predation on my chickens. I lost eight of my 13. Until a trail camera caught the culprit. The only fix is nets, and now all is well, except there are tree nets, and it catches all the debris from the pine trees overhead. It's always a work in progress. It is. And, you know, I've been so worried this past week, Robin. Uh, We haven't lost any yet. I I do the head count every night. They're still free ranging right now, but every morning this week, about mid morning, about 10 30, 11, I've heard not just the chicken car alarm sound, right? But like, it sounds like they're in real distress. And so I've run out of my office and I've run over to where the chickens are. And of course, it's always, you know, all the way across the, uh, uh, the, the yard. Um, and I've yet to see anything. But I'm, I'm getting a little concerned here because we had kept our grass cut pretty short and now that it's coming up again, you know, we're leaving patches to grow long for the pollinators. So we've got some places where, you know, fox uh, or, or coyotes can can creep up and we're not necessarily going to see them uh, until it's too late. There, there are some there are some chicken snatching spots on the farm right now. We have not ever had a hawk get one of our chickens as far as I can tell. We've we've ended up, we've had a hawk caught in the coop once. It, it flew down and it got caught in the netting, but we've never lost a chicken to a hawk as far as I can tell. Ours have always just been the ground predators. And 
again, I've heard a lot of noises. Uh, one of the chickens had some suspicious uh, feathers missing off of her, her, her tail section, but she's alive. But I, I think that um, over the next couple of days, we're actually going to lock them up, let them start using their chicken channel. We've got their chicken yard that uh, the channel leads to, and, and they, can, they can hang out there for a few days. Uh, I did try to do a, a pretty good job of mowing today before we get more rain. So uh, hopefully that'll keep our chickens around. But that sucks. Eight. Eight of your 13. Now, here's the thing, Robin. If you need another rooster, we have two. And we really only need one. Uh, so I would be more than happy to uh, to, to give you Clyde uh, if uh, if you want another rooster. I realize you could probably use some more hens, but uh, I can at least help you out with a rooster right now. Uh, Robin says, I lost my little mare this week. Oh, she says, I'm still in shock. We've had such terrible tick-borne illnesses here. And she had three of four cases of it over the years. All of a sudden, she drops off her feed and loses a little weight. Uh, I called my vet. Robin says, he came out and drew blood and determined that it was Ehrlichia. So the vet came back and gave a round of antibiotics. Uh, she says the antibiotic always has a horrible kick to it, and she immediately went off her feet and didn't eat grass either. Nothing to do but wait until the antibiotics were over and see what happened. Well, a week after she finished the medicine, she still wasn't eating. I wasn't surprised, Robin says, as I knew it took her forever to get over it before. And she continued to lose weight. So the vet figured she still had Ehrlichia and decided to give her another round of antibiotics. Robin says, I wish that I had been a better patient advocate for and refused it, but he was the doc. I figured he knew what he was doing. Um, I wish I had slowed him down, had him check her blood before he gave her the second round because she never did get her appetite back. Um, the young vet then tossed her to his boss, the old vet. He thinks we should treat her for ulcers. He was going to send me the meds. Three days later, I still don't have them. It turns out that he had forgotten to send them. I got him the next day. She started on uh, omeprazole, and her stomach got better. But in the meantime, she had some other stomach problems. So the old vet thinks she got C. diff from the antibiotics. Now she's down to very low weight. Robin says, I got another vet out. She started some treatment, but it was all too little too late. She got down and couldn't get up, and I had to euthanize her. Robin says, I've had her longer than any of my husband's, and she was why I had started the whole five acres thing. And now I have a lonely little pony and wondering if I'll have to sell him because he cannot stay alone. Horses do not do well by themselves. They don't, Robin, and I am so sorry because I know how hard it is to lose a companion like that that has been there for so long and um i wish that uh, i wish that there was something i could do i don't know i don't know if little ponies do well with baby goats but we got a couple of goats that uh i'd be more than happy to bring out along with the rooster if uh, if they could keep your little pony company uh robin says um i had a water rot wall in my kitchen Oh, did you really? Just like ours. It was from a deformity of the roof into the gutter. And the only way we found it was when we expanded the kitchen. We found it then. Well, at least you found it as you were expanding and you had to get rid of that wall anyway. We, uh, Missy has always wanted to, to expand our kitchen. The way our house is, the kitchen was added on way later. Um, again, you know, the only problems we've had are with the, the newer parts of the house. And so there's a bit of an L shape. The kitchen kind of juts off the back of 
one of the original uh, rooms of the of the uh, the house, and so it, it forms sort of an L, right? And uh, and Missy's always wanted to fill in that L and just move the kitchen out, just expand it. Probably be about another ten by ten space, which would really improve the size of the kitchen. I mean, it would it would make it a nice big kitchen, um, but that's that's in the far off future <laughs> and that and that's that's a big project i don't know that uh, i don't know when or if we'll ever get around to doing that uh i do hope that if not the next time we have the opportunity to catch up that uh, maybe the time after that we'll be able to tell you about the nice new solid wall that's not going to rot from the inside out that is now in our kitchen. But unfortunately, I, I can't tell you about that one yet because the uh, project uh, has not gotten started. But uh, Robin, I am so glad to hear from you. And I again, I really, really am sorry that uh, you've had a couple of pretty big hits lately. And if there's anything that we can do, and I mean this, if there's anything that we can do, like I said, if you want a rooster, if uh, your little pony could use some some goat company, let me know. Okay, because I would love to be able to help out. Uh, Greg also writing in as well. Greg from North Carolina. Greg, the uh, llama guy, uh, wanting to uh, say that Jesse Stewart sounds remarkable. He says, I'm now on the look for one of his books. Thanks for sharing at least the story and not the ticks. You are very welcome. Uh, Yeah, Jesse Stewart. I said, I'm going to recommend two books if you are curious. And by the way, it's uh, S-T-U-A-R-T. J-E-S-S-E-S-T-U-A-R-T. Um, Beyond Dark Hills, that was his first nonfiction book, book that uh, came out when he was a pretty young man and kind of uh, launched him, at least for a little bit in the 1930s, you know, seen as a, uh, you know, like the, 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 the voice of authentic America. It was, you know, kind of like a literary Bruce Springsteen for a little bit. Uh, and then a book that came out in the 1950s, uh, and I think I talked about this in the last one, The Thread That Runs So True, uh, which is uh, a, a much more detailed look at uh, his experience as an educator in uh, Kentucky and Southern Ohio. And it was, uh, again, just the, the, the way he writes is absolutely fantastic. Um, Greg also has uh, some, uh, some, some, some Kraken hat questions for his llamas, but uh, I've, I've already responded to those. So hopefully in the not-too-distant future, we'll actually have some pictures of llamas wearing a couple of Missy's Kraken hats. I would love to see that. She has been staying busy. Honestly, I can't even keep up with all of her projects. So you'll have to do that again on Instagram at Corny Goat Farm. Uh, but she has been knitting and crocheting up a storm. Speaking of uh, recipients of some of Missy's knitting in the past, I have to give a huge shout out and a congratulations uh, to our friend Trent in Indiana, who became a dad for the second time. Uh, the day that I'm recording this podcast, Sutton, born seven pounds, seven ounces. And congratulations to uh, Trent and to uh, Mama Melody and to uh, Big Brother now. Yeah, how about that? So I love I love getting a chance to, uh, to, to see what's going on in your life. If you got anything you want to share, good or bad, uh, again, we're all in this together. You can shoot us an email, 40acrefool at gmail.com. Want to, again, know about your favorite festivals 
And if you got any good hot dog recommendations, they don't have to be in the state of Virginia. Why not? I would love to hear those as well. In the meantime, I hope you have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for stopping by and being a part of our live each and every day. And until we talk again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and make stuff. And thanks for tuning in to 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network.